So this is the beginning of a long healing period because eclipses happen and then they happen in pairs. So a solar and a lunar. And then six months later, there'll be another solar eclipse and another lunar eclipse. So this is kind of the beginning of this six month journey you're about to be on. And it's also, you know, it's part of the big picture of your life as well. And this one is about focusing on nurturing and beginning a really deeply healing journey. Welcome back to Seek the Joy podcast. Happy Seek the Joy Tuesday. I'm your host, Sydney Weiss. And in this week's new episode, we are breaking down the energy forecast for summer 2019. I'm talking about what's going on astrologically, what's happening in the cosmos between the solar eclipse that's happening on July 2nd, the lunar eclipse on July 16th, Mercury is in retrograde in between, and oh my god, there's just so much going on, and it's so fascinating, and it's so interesting, and it all impacts us differently because our charts are so different. And so when I caught a glimpse of what was going on in the cosmos, astrologically, energetically this summer, I was like, we've got to do a podcast episode about this because I am super fascinated and interested and love astrology and any opportunity I have to talk about it, any opportunity I have to learn more about it, I totally take it. So I reached out to the really intuitive and passionate and knowledgeable astrologer, Lauren Hansen. She's the voice behind the Instagram account, Astro Betch. And so I reached out to her and I was like, do you want to come on the podcast and talk about what's happening this summer? And she was like, uh, hell yeah, I would. So we put this together so quickly and I'm so grateful. And it just was so much fun to sit down with Lauren and really break down the energy forecast for the summer between eclipse season and cancer and Leo and Mercury and retrograde and what it all means for us. Lauren really shares what we can expect from the season, what we need to know and how it really impacts your chart. And Lauren even walks us through how you can look at your chart to figure all of this out. We also take a peek at my chart and that was so much fun too. Plus Lauren shares Where's a really great place to start if you're brand new to astrology from looking at your sun sign to your rising sign to your moon sign to the houses? There's just so much to explore. Plus, Lauren shares with us how astrology found her, the impact that it's had on her life, her biggest dreams, and honestly, just so much more. This week's episode was so much fun to record and I want to jump into it right away because there is so much wisdom and knowledge and information that's shared. And so after you tune in to this week's new episode, join the conversation on our social media pages. We are at Seek the Joy Podcast everywhere. And whether this is your first time tuning in to Seek the Joy Podcast or your 100th time, just thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Make sure to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or really wherever it is that you you listen to podcasts and leave us a rating and review. And when you do, make sure to take a screenshot of that review. Send it to sydney at seekthejoypodcast.com. I will send you our new and improved guide for infusing more joy into your life. It's such a great way for us to connect to outside of the show. And ratings and reviews really help us get seen by new people and show people what Seek the Joy podcast is all about. So I would be so grateful. And... And if you know anybody that would love this episode or love this podcast, hit the share button, send it to them. There is so much wisdom and so much goodness in this week's new episode. I just want everyone to hear it because when there's so much going on in the sky, we often don't know how it's going to impact us. And when we start to learn about it, it is a total game changer. All right, guys, that's it. The summer eclipse season is a really profound period of healing and growth and transformation. And I had learned so much from what Lauren shared and I am so grateful and I cannot wait for you guys to hear this one. So without further ado, here is my conversation with astrologer Lauren Hansen. So my son is in Leo, all about entertaining people, all about having a great time, leisure, creativity. 
it's really the sign of that childlike sense of wonderment, which mm-hmm. is why Leo also rules children, actually. Really? That's and then, so cool. Yeah. Um, Leo can have a bit of a temper <laughs> because <laughs> it's, it tends to be an egotistical sign. Like, that's a big challenge for Leos. They really need to learn to check their ego at the door. Mm-hmm. And that kind of clashes with my moon sign, which is in Scorpio. And a lot of people hear Scorpio and are like, oh, the bitch of the Zodiac. That, <laughs> people hear that. Scorpio and they run. Like they know, run the other direction. People are so upset. There was like, oh, that dramatic, dark, mysterious, but like bitchy sign. And it's so funny. Because your like, moon sign, that governs your emotions, right? And how right. you feel. And, and so, but then your rising sign, isn't that how other people perceive you? So what is your rising right. sign? So my rising sign is Sagittarius. So that's another fire sign like Leo. Yeah. Um, so I have a lot of fire going on. Sagittarius is, you know, most people kind of love or hate Sagittarius when they meet them typically because they're a very blunt sign and they have to learn to like not always share, which I certainly had to learn, especially with Leo being so, yeah, you know, vocal and outward about expressing themselves. Um, but it's a really truth seeking sign and it's about, you know, especially as they, as Sag grows up, whether it's sun or rising or moon, they really learn they're all about knowledge and philosophy and trying to basically find the truth. Mm-hmm. And that actually works really well with my moon sign because Scorpio is the other truth seeking sign. Those are the two that are all about kind of getting to the bottom of things. Scorpio dives really deep into the darkness. So mm-hmm. that's why it rules psychology and investigation and everybody's shadow and intimacy. So it really goes deep and dark. So yeah. a lot of like detectives or psychologists will be, cause they're not scared to find out what the truth is, no matter how That's ugly it so is. So interesting. And you know, the more you just shared that about your three signs or not your three signs, but the three signs yeah. that we often yeah. think about when we talk about astrology and we talk about our, our natal charts, it makes a lot of sense because it's all about knowledge. It's all about going deeper. And that's mm-hmm. what you're doing with astrology. Yeah. And so what brought you to astrology in the first place? What about it excited you? Did you like come across it and you were like, oh, this is my jam. This is my thing. You know, it's it's pretty interesting. I kind of love how astrology found me in a way. Um, it's weird. So when I was about 11 years old, uh, my dad sent me to Maui for a couple of weeks to spend time with one of his oldest friends who it's wow. so weird because she's, she's a healer and a psychic for real. I witnessed so much weird stuff when I was with her. <laughs> she's a powerful, powerful woman. Like this woman literally got so angry one day. Her husband was like, Don, calm down, calm down. You're going to do it again. And I was like, what, what, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Literally half the power went out what? in the island of Maui when she got really upset. It oh was my God. nuts. Wow. Yeah. It was so crazy. <laughs> it was so crazy. She's like, oh, sorry. That's only happened once before. But anyway, she was nuts. <laughs> oh, no I big deal. I just like knocked out the power grid. Oh, but anyway, God. we'll go back to dinner now. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. wild. It was so wild. But um, so she wasn't able to have kids. So and she really loved me. So I went and spent these couple of weeks with her just for fun. She kind of mothered me in a way to mm-hmm. just, you know really, she just spoiled me. And she was the one to introduce me to astrology because obviously she was doing work in the spiritual realm Mm -hmm. and it wasn't really her jam, but she had this weird feeling that I'd really like it. And obviously she was correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how I was introduced to it. So I kind of dabbled, but I always had this fear. I was going to become that crazy astrology lady. Mm, (laughs) And so interesting. it took a long time. It took basically until two years ago. Uh, I finally, I was like, all right. And I really have my ex-boyfriend to think because he was like, I'm done listening to you talk about how much you love this and you don't go into it. Here's a bunch of books. Yeah. I love that because first of all, I mean, how cool that you had that opportunity to spend some time with her and that is Mm -hmm. a story you'll tell for the rest of your life. I mean, wild is the definition of that moment for you. (laughs) But I think, you know, often there are these perceptions associated with tools like astrology and it's associated with things that people are kind of freaked out by, but it's, mm-hmm. it's not any of those things. It's astrology is really a tool, at least in my opinion, that will allow you to gain a deeper understanding of you and who yeah. you are, what your life path is in this lifetime, how you can sort of harness those energies associated with your star sign, rising moon, your mm-hmm. North and South node, which to me in particular is the most fascinating thing 
ever. For sure. For sure. Learn more about it and see the resonance for yourself. And then just it's all about knowledge. It's all about gaining that deeper sense of understanding. I love that this is how it found you. I love that you finally were like, all right, this is my thing. Yeah. Like I can't push back against it anymore. I've got to like fully embrace it. And so mm-hmm. the last two years, have you just been studying it nonstop? What has that been like? Oy, oy, oy. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite the obsession for me. Yeah. Yeah. Even, um, before two years ago, I was starting to get obsessed, just reading articles online over and over getting, yeah. you know, all my best friends birth information being like, Oh, look, this is why we're friends. This is how we get along, you know, looking yeah. at everything. And then I was working a, a nine to five in this office doing social media on SEO stuff. And I just became the astrologer for the whole office. I was like, everybody give me your birth times. I love that. <laughs> it was so fun. This is so kind of fun. what has happened to me at work too, is like, yeah. we talk about astrology a lot. And then, um, I have one friend at work and she's the best and she'll be like, Oh yeah, Sydney knows everything about this. Go talk to her. She'll talk to you about your, your Saturn return and what to expect and what house it's in. And I'm like, what? I don't know if I know that much, but you kind of, sh- when you begin to share, Embrace st- it. Yeah, I mean, but when you begin to share the stuff that you love and you're passionate about, I mean, people see that light in you and they see how it excites you. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, all right, embrace it. Just like you said, I love that. That is, that's, I love that you just have really dove deep into this. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not surprised you're into it because it is a, it's kind of a typical Aquarius thing to be very open to this. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. I love Aquarius. Aquarius is opposite Leo girl. I know I was we, going we to get say. Along. Really? Because yeah, I've along. heard we don't get along because oh. Aquarians are all about the we, the community, lifting mm-hmm. people up. And often I think the perception of Leo is like the I, it's more of a self-invested sign. I could be wrong. I no, could no, be no. wrong. You're, no, you're totally, yeah, because what you're talking about is how there's kind of a dark, there's a dark side and a light side to every sign. Okay. And with Aquarius, you know, the light side is that they connect with the collective. So mm-hmm. that's what you're talking about. You're kind of talking about the dark side of Leo, which is that they can be very egotistical, as I was mentioning before, yeah. and really into themselves. But the truth is the light side of Leo is they're extremely loyal. Mm-hmm. They're all about their brood and getting along with, honestly, everybody. So they, that's, that's awesome. Because they're entertainers, right? So they're happy. Even they can be entertainers and not be super into themselves. Ooh. You know, so that's a way that they they can really connect with everybody. Yeah. And because honestly, the dark side of Aquarius is that, yeah, they might want to connect with the collective, but they can get so caught up in just having ideas. They never take action. Interesting. And they're, they're uh, detached emotionally sometimes. So they don't really connect one-on-one. That's where Leo, Leo's really good at connecting so a little bit more one-on-one. Fascinating because I love what you shared that there's a light and a dark side to every sign mm-hmm. and how First of all, I think it's about what you look at and it's important to look at the dark side too and and embrace it and see where you want to kind of elevate yourself and challenge yourself to grow beyond that, which is a lot has a lot to do with what's coming up this summer too, which we'll get into in a minute. But mm-hmm. interesting what you shared about Aquarius and how they have a lot of ideas and they don't act on them. My problem is I have a lot of ideas and I often act on too many of them <laughs> at one time. And I think I think that goes to show too that it's not just your star sign or your sun yeah. sign. Like it's about the collective energy of your chart and the way totally. the different signs and what planets and what house they're in. And and oftentimes people only look at that sun mm-hmm. sign and they don't look For at the sure. moon and the rising sign. And so what should people be looking at when they first kind of dive into astrology? Should they be looking at those three kind of main touch points, where is a good place to start? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think focusing on your star, your moon, and your rising is really a fabulous idea because at first astrology can be really complex and complicated and you can get really excited looking at everything because you have Venus, which explains your relationship with money and how you show affection. You also have Mars, which is about your drive, your ambition, including your sex drive actually. And Mercury is how you uh, process thoughts mm-hmm. and your style of communication. So, of course, those are also important parts. But when you're starting off, I really suggest diving deep into your sun sign because your sun sign is your personality. It's supposed to be your personality, but there are other aspects in your chart that can really weaken it because we all know those people who are like, I don't believe in astrology because <laughs> every time I read something, it says my sun, you know, based off my sun, it's totally yeah. off. 
It's like there are some people whose sun sign are in one thing and then everything else is in a completely different sign. And that really switches things up. You're like your sun is almost weakened and you can have other planets opposing your sun that can weaken it as well. There's so many things that go on. But your sun sign does have to do with your identity and I like to think of it this way and it makes it simple. It's the best way you shine. Hmm. So when you tap into that part of you, you can really shine that way. So even people whose charts are, their suns are weakened, part of their life's journey is to understand how to work with that and realize they do shine best that way. So it's your basic identity, right? Um, And it's your consciousness where your moon is your subconscious. It's your deep emotional, uh, it's your deep emotions and it's what really drives your needs, as opposed to your wants, your sun sign is your wants, your moon sign is your needs. There are these things that you can't deny. And a lot of people were actually more like their moon sign when they were younger. Cause when you're young, you're so tapped into your subconscious and your emotional needs. Of course, everybody reacts so quickly Mm -hmm. when they're little, like, I want that. I need that. I don't like this. That's your moon sign. It's, it's your deep emotions that are coming out. Yeah. And then you have your rising sign, which you explained so perfectly earlier, which is how you come off to other people for sure. And it's, it's, it's kind of your invisible mask, I like to say, because it's something that you just have on. You don't consciously put this thing on, but it's what you have on not even as protection, but it's just mm-hmm. this energy you give off immediately, especially when you enter a new environment or you're meeting new people. And it's how, it's how you project yourself to the world, Interesting. you know? Yeah. And that's why when you meet someone, they can be one way. And then all of a sudden, you know, you meet somebody at a party and they're like, oh, they're super crazy. They're super fun. They're saying hi to everybody at the party. <laughs> they're probably a rising fire sign or an air sign. Cause those are the extroverts. Yeah. And then you sit down with them, you know, you're having a drink and all of a sudden you're getting really intimate with them. They're a little quiet and you're like, oh, you're not not how I thought you were when you first walked into the room. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay. And so you brought up fire signs. What are the Mm -hmm. earth signs, air signs, fire signs, and water signs? Just so people know. Okay. I got you. Basically, Aries... Leo and Sagittarius. Those are the fire signs. Okay. People tend to understand those a little more easily because fire signs make themselves so known. It's all like no surprise that that's fire. (laughs) And then uh, our earth signs are Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn. Those are all about, you know, they're grounded, focused, more into routine, all that good stuff. Gemini uh, is air. Libra is air. And so is Aquarius. Those are the idea people, also extroverts, just like fire. And then our water signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces, our little emotional babies. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And that's interesting. Like, for example, with me, I'm an Aquarius sun sign, star sign, however you want to refer to it. But I have mm-hmm. a ton of, and that's an air sign. I have a ton mm-hmm. of earth in my chart. Like, so much earth. So That's much why you Capricorn. put your ideas. That's think, why you put your yeah. ideas into action, girl. Yeah. And my moon sign is in Taurus and I'm a cancer rising, which is that emotional part. It's very nurturing. It's very mm-hmm. protective. So it's interesting when you begin to learn a little bit more beyond that daily horoscope, you start to see, okay, that's why I am this way. That's how I connect those dots. So, right, right, so right. should we dive in to a little bit of the energy for the, summer? the summer? Because yeah, it, let's is, do it. it is intense, but I think in a really good and positive way. Totally. Yeah. And so it's a really powerful time. It starts on Tuesday, July 2nd. And so where should we start? Like, cause I'm super excited about it. I think it's going to be a really transformational, powerful time for people. And I just, I'm excited to break it down. So what are, let's start with this. What are eclipses? What do they mean? And we'll dive in from there. Well, okay. First and foremost, it's important to understand you hear solar eclipse, right? And then mm-hmm. you hear, you hear lunar eclipse. Yeah. And people sometimes don't even realize solar or lunar is in front of it. Who knows what the difference is? Who cares? But it's important. So a solar eclipse is a highly charged new moon. So solar new moon. Okay. And a, and a lunar eclipse is a highly charged full moon. So lunar full moon. Okay. Okay. So a new moon is when the moon and the sun are in the same sign, okay. right? So what's coming up first on July 2nd is um, a solar eclipse or a new moon eclipse now that we've learned, right? 
that's when the sun and the moon are in the same sign because it's an eclipse. That means it's aligned with the true north node. And I'll get into explaining the nodes in a little bit, but let's stick to the basics for a second. When the sun and the moon are in the same sign, um, this is a really, it's a great time for clarity because the sun represents our consciousness and the moon is our subconscious. And they're kind of like on the same team during a new moon, right? Because they're in one sign together. So it's like you consciously and subconsciously want the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And it really brings a lot of clarity. And it's, you're lacking this internal emotional conflict that you get during full moons. Because during a full moon, you're, you're, uh, the sun is in one sign and the moon is in the opposite sign. So they're opposing each other. It's kind of like a little face-off. Yeah. So your subconscious is wanting whatever sign the moon is in um, to satisfy that sign, whatever that sign's needs are. But then you consciously want whatever sign um, the sun is in. So it's really, that's why it's all, full moons are about balance. They're this emotional culmination. They're where you realize, okay, I do want to move on to new things, but I have to end something. I should celebrate whatever I've finished. And I'm really emotional right now. And I'm realizing I need to balance things in my life. That's the energy of a full moon. And during a new moon, there's that clarity, which is why people are always told to like manifest a lot on new moons. Yeah. And I just want to pop in here. You can manifest at any time, at any place. 100%. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I think people can get really caught up in, oh, I got to do this ritual on this day. The moon is the most potent. And I agree. When it's potent, yes, that is the best time. Yeah. But you can manifest whenever the hell you want to manifest. So I think that's important. True. But right? I think it's also about being able to harness or leverage the energy that's kind of present at that moment. And I think mm-hmm. that's totally why people emphasize like on the new moon and everything else in between. But I love your explanation. That makes a lot of sense to me. And so July 2nd, this coming mm-hmm. Tuesday is our first eclipse and it's in the new moon, like you shared, yep. because it's a solar, do you like how I'm like, there I'm like going go. backward. I'm like getting the hang of this. It's a solar no, it's eclipse. Good. It's good. Yeah. And so it's in cancer, right? Because we're still right. This we're still in cancer season. And so what does this mean for people having the solar eclipse in cancer? Break it all down. Break it all down. Okay, I'm going to break it all down. First, I'm just going to tell you um, this has to do with the true north node and the south node, which I know you're obsessed with. So, Oh, my God. Can I just like (laughs) – I'm just going to give a small antidote. People are going to be like, Sydney is nuts. But I am so fascinated by the north and south node because your south node is your karma. It's what you brought in with you in this lifetime. And your north node is what you're moving towards throughout the course of your life. And so when we have events like these eclipses, it helps to sort of facilitate that movement towards the north node. So for me – My south node is in cancer. What's comfortable for me, what's karma for me is being within the home. It's nurturing. It's protective. It's that maternal energy. I'm moving towards Capricorn, which is more paternal. It's about being out in the world. It's about sharing who you are. It's about like being more seen. And so I'm working on it. This podcast has helped me. And I didn't even realize that in the course of starting the show and everything else in between. But so for me, it's I have spent so much time trying to understand this and study this. And so I'm fascinated, but that was a small tangent. So if anybody, by the way, if you're interested in figuring out what your South and your North node is, you can um, look at your natal chart, your birth chart, and it often will only tell you your North node. They don't always tell you what your South node is, but it's exactly what is opposite of the chart. So like if your North node is in Leo, your South is in Aquarius, right? And if it's North in Cancer, your South is in Capricorn. So it's whatever is the opposite. And a really good book, if anyone is interested, it's called um, Astrology for the Soul, I think is what it's called. I'm like Googling it right now. I don't want to tell. I don't want to tell people. Yeah. Astrology for the Soul by Jan Spiller. And I literally recommend it to every single person I ever talk to about astrology. So anyway, small tangent. I'm super obsessed with the North and the South nodes um, because I think it tells us so much more about who we are and what we're here to do and what we're here to ascend into. And the eclipses play a huge role in that. So anyway, I digress. Go no, it's all I interrupted good. you. <laughs> no, you're fine. I lo- no, it's great. I love how you how excited you are about it. And I just want to, if you guys are looking up your North and South node, 
and maybe you've looked at this too, Sydney. Have you looked at the houses that your North and South node are in? Yes, but I cannot okay. remember what it is because the houses also play a huge role. And so they play, they play a bigger role, honestly, yeah. because, um, the no, uh, the nodes take about a year and a half to go through a sign. That's so right. you and everybody born around the same time as you, you all have this North node and South node in the same sign. And you're obviously not all to live the exact same path. Not that one aspect in a chart means that, but when you put on top of it, what house it's in, it, it really opens the floodgates. And And I'll talk to you about years after this because I yeah. Okay. We'll talk (laughs) more, but like there are 12 houses total, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because there are 12 signs. Yep. We'll include that all that info in the show notes because honestly, we could talk about it forever and we would we would be here for five hours. Yeah, so let's do so, summer okay. energy. Well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> I so know, we could talk about it forever. Okay, so let's go into the energy of the summer. We start okay. on Tuesday, July 2nd with the solar eclipse in Cancer. Right. What can people expect? What What's going on? Okay, this eclipse on July 2nd, um, it could have, it's an eclipse because the new moon is aligned with either the North node or the South node. Whenever a new moon or full moon is aligned with either the North node or the South node, that makes it an eclipse, right? Mm -hmm. And in this case, this new moon is associated with the North node and it's in cancer, which is a cardinal sign, which is means it's all about starting new stuff. Like just, it's, it's a sign that's great at getting things going and get like beginning projects, beginning things. So this Eclipse on July 2nd is so exciting because it's like the theme is like new, 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 new times 100. Because this could have been a full moon with the south. Dot. I mean, it could have yeah. been, all you know, a combination of stuff. Um, but because it's a new moon, it's about new beginnings. Cancer's about uh, new. And the north node is about following your uh, your destiny, your higher purpose. You're moving forward, going going on the correct path to kind of like your higher self. That's really what the north node is all about. So it's really, really exciting. And having it in cancer is why this is all about emotional security, because that is the basic theme of cancer, right? Yeah. As opposed to its opposing sign, um, Capricorn, which we'll talk about because on July 16th, that's when we have the lunar eclipse that's in Capricorn. And in Capricorn is all about material security, right? So you can see how there are these opposites here, but they're both about security, so on July 2nd, it's about emotional security and it really has to do with moving forward in your life and finding maybe some imbalances when it comes to your emotional security. Um, it could be, it's very often about family and your roots because cancer is the mother of the Zodiac. It's about your relationship with your family, with your home, the people mm-hmm. in your home. Um, but really focus on moving forward in your life by nurturing what your soul is yearning for. And that sounds so dramatic, but it's funny because we all eventually really start figuring out what does our soul really want when we start paying attention to, you know, just what do we get so tired doing? Cause we just don't give a shit about it yeah. or where are we spending too much energy? Where are we feeling sucked? You know, look at how you nurture yourself too. You know, do you take care of yourself enough? I know a lot of people don't, um, for sure. And that could, that could be anything. I mean, even if it's watching TV for an hour, I'm not about to say everybody needs to do yoga, you know, at least once a week, everybody needs to meditate. Not everybody's relaxation and nurturing of themselves is the same as everybody else for sure. And that's so So, important to remember like our self-care, what we are attracted to, how we relax, how we get in the zone. Like it's all deeply personal and it's mm -hmm. about what works best for you. Totally. Yeah. So those are the things that are really coming to light during this solar eclipse is it's all about nurturing and we're, we're going to, we're going to have some clarity. It's going to be clear. Like I said, new moons bring clarity because this moon and the sun are the same sign wanting the same thing. And they are wanting to satisfy cancer. They want to get through these family issues. They want to feel safe and, you know, wants to feel safe in the home, wants to nurture projects. It really wants to nurture, wants to nurture people, that wants to nurture, you know, you're really getting tapped in to, to what you really want. And it's great. And this is a very healing eclipse as well. There are some other aspects going on. So this is the beginning of a long healing period, by the way, because eclipses happen, right. Mm -hmm. And then they happen in pairs. So a solar and a lunar. And then six months later, 
there'll be another solar eclipse and another lunar eclipse. So this is kind of the beginning of this six month journey you're about to be on. And Mm. it's also, you know, it's part of the big picture of your life as well. It's not like, okay, whatever you change now, just that, you know, then it goes back to normal in six months or it changes it. Of course, other aspects of your life will change in six months, but you'll be focusing on something else. And this one is about focusing on nurturing and beginning a really deeply healing journey. So a lot of people might find a lot of healing in, you know, talking to their family right now about issues that are coming up or thinking about how their home really isn't where they want to live and they really want to live somewhere else where they can, where they can heal. There's so many, you know, different ways people can heal, but just know that that's present as well. Yeah. And the other aspects that are going on, I'm so excited about, um, there are all these other planets running around making aspects, which is complex to explain, honestly, and it's really not useful for right now, but to understand that your big dreams are really, really possible and you're going to feel it. You're going to have this feeling like, wow, I can turn this into reality and you're not going to give a shit if it's approved by other people. Of course, a part of you might, there might be a little bit of fear, but if there's this like confident, bold, rebellious kind of energy going on in the sky that's saying, follow your big dreams, nurture whatever you want to nurture and get ready to let go of whatever society expects of you. You know, what you thought you needed to do, what you thought your status should be in the world. It, it yeah. feels lighter. It feels kind of like, you know, you're just thinking about you right now and it's, Awesome. (laughs) I love this. And so I, cause I'm all about like, in my mind, the way I process is like wrapping things up in a bow, kind of like summarizing it. So tell me if this is what you've been saying, cause Mm -hmm. I just want to make sure I'm understanding too. Basically Mm -hmm. this first, this first eclipse is a solar eclipse. It's a new moon, July 2nd on Tuesday. I'm going to just keep saying July 2nd. Yeah. July 2nd, July 2nd. And it's in cancer, which is all about nurturing and renewal and going within. And so it's about looking at the areas within ourselves that really need that nurturing and that really need that renewal so that we can touch base with ourselves and who we are and who we want to be and what our soul is really calling out for. So that throughout the next 30 days, whatever it is, this, and then of these eclipses and then moving into the six months that are coming at us, it's about then having the courage to step forward and kind of proclaim your dreams, right? And share them and go after them and know that they're here for you. Is that kind Hell of what? Yeah. Okay. Hell yeah, girl. Because that yeah, sounds so fantastic. <laughs> that I mean, that sounds right. amazing because we're also great. going to be stepping into Leo season. And Leo, we talked a little bit about before, but that lion, that roar, like yeah, being girl. bold with sharing yourself. But you have to go within first. You have to nurture first before you can really roar. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. And we'll so talk more about Leo. Awesome. Yeah. We'll go over, uh, the Mercury retrograde in a moment here. Cause it's that's happening. Coming. It's coming it's in happening. a week. Yeah. It's yes. happening right around that, uh, that, uh, lunar eclipse. It's perfect timing. That's so, yeah. So really everybody hang the hell on to your awesome feelings during this okay. solar eclipse, because once the lunar eclipse comes, this is when the, the challenges and the emotions and all these things kind of arise, fears start bubbling up. Mm. So, you know, really figure out what you want to nurture, maybe write it down, start manifesting shit for yourself. Start really focusing on that because once the lunar eclipse hits, it's going to feel a lot heavier and more challenged and it's challenging you to stay the course. It's like, okay, remember what you realized during the solar eclipse. Don't let that be some brief moment where you're like, Oh, for a second, I thought my dreams could come true. It's like, no, hold yeah. on to that. Hold on to that because there might be challenges of authority. There could be some secrets coming out. Basically, lots going on with Pluto. Interesting. And, yeah. And, and Pluto is aligned with this lunar eclipse on July 16th. And it's bringing up power struggles. We might see, especially globally, abuses of power, people of power falling, a lot coming out, some dark shadow shit is going on. And so it's up to you to really stay the course. Um, that's, that's really a big idea for the lunar eclipse that's on the 16th. So, okay. So you summarized the solar eclipse very well. Totally (laughs) correct. I love how you said that you did a great job. So before we get all wah, 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 it's going to be intense and emotional and dark. Just know the energy on the lunar eclipse is still really similar to the solar eclipse. 
in that your big dreams are still being supported. It's Neptune and Jupiter that are working together in case anybody's curious. You're, you're still ready to put your ideas into action because uh, Leo has Mercury and Mars in it. And Mercury is all about the way you process your thoughts and communicate. Mars is that, chut- I like to say it's your chutzpah planet. Yes. Tell I'm, I'm half Jewish. Ah. And so it's your chutzpah planet. It's like what gets you going, it ignites you, it's drive, right? And so those mm-hmm. are in Leo. And those are, you know, you know, Leo is all about courage and saying what needs to be said and going for it. So that's great. So that's still going on. Um, and also there's, oh, Uranus is aspecting too. And Uranus is the planet of, it's the rebel planet of revolution and change. And basically I like to say it's a, I don't give a fuck planet. It really doesn't care. It just wants <laughs> things to change and, you know, flip the script and on everything. Okay. So that's still going on. But the difference is, is that this is a full moon, right? Mm-hmm. So as we discussed before, these are, this is when the moon, so the moon will be in Capricorn and the sun will be in cancer still. So you're consciously still wanting to satisfy those cancer parts of your life, which is great because that's what the North Node is trying to say. Hey, don't forget about nurturing yourself, yeah. nurturing what you want to nurture. But then you have this emotion, you have this deep emotional need to also satisfy what Capricorn wants. And Capricorn is all about status and career and climbing the ladder and material gains, right? So mm-hmm. that's where you're going to feel this push and this pull. And because the moon is aligned with this south node, which like you mentioned before, is about karmic past. It's about past patterns. And it's not really a terrible thing. I think just so you know, too, when you're looking at your own chart and where this south node is, don't think of it as a full negative. Like, oh, these are patterns you want to completely let go of and you don't want to associate no, with them not anymore. At all. Yeah. They work in, right. They work in your favor as well. They're things you're naturally good at. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. you know, still pay attention to that, but just know you don't need to work so hard. You need to work on what's opposing. That's where you, that's what, where your soul will be taken to a new level where you're exactly. going to experience life differently. You don't want to just keep doing the same shit every lifetime. And you do not need to believe in reincarnation to believe in astrology. FYI. And by the way, I think it's really interesting because it ties into what we were saying earlier about a light side and a dark side of a sign. I think Mm -hmm. it's about like knowing where your comfort level is, like knowing what comes naturally to you with the South node, but not viewing it like you, like you just shared as a negative. Mm -hmm. I view all the qualities of like my cancer South node as like, I really hold it in high esteem, if that makes sense. Like, I'm like, wow, like this is what's comfortable for me and it makes a lot of sense and I see it in my day-to-day life, but how can I challenge myself? How can I push myself to grow rather than staying in that comfort zone? That's kind of the way I look at it. And I'm a big proponent of looking at the positives with astrology and not allowing myself to sit in fear of what something like of a, like a quote unquote negative quality. Does that make sense? So it like, totally makes because sense, I think yeah. it's really easy to like find astrologers or find information online or, or listen to information on podcasts. That's like the doom and gloom, which I'm really not here for. <laughs> if you haven't noticed. Uh, yeah, so no, I think it's not. really, I think it's really important <laughs> to know both ends and both sides, but it's all about perspective. It really totally. is. It's, so funny to me too when people first get into astrology or I'll ask to do somebody's chart and I'll do it and they'll be like am I doomed I'm like what it is so funny that that's the first thing (laughs) people think sometimes I'm like nobody is doomed no you're not nobody's doomed doomed. relax I mean I've seen some pretty pretty difficult charts yeah (laughs) but but even when you have a difficult chart when we say difficult chart it's about yeah planets clashing what houses some things are in what's opposing right now in your chart I mean very intricate. It's very complex. And that's when I say to people, please go book an as- a session with an astrologer because they'll break it down for you far better than the internet could ever do I mean, you for could you. just be on the internet forever. And yeah, but who knows even if what you're, what you're reading is accurate. Do you know what I mean? But I yeah, think, that too. But I think even when you have a quote unquote difficult chart, that path is a gift because it allows you to grow and change in ways that you wouldn't have otherwise. Because- for me, the difficulties are stepping stones in 
for who you are and who you're supposed to be. So yep. I could go on and on about that, but anyway, I, know, I, I will know. get us back on track. <laughs> we um, can go on and on. So the okay. lunar eclipse is July 16th. It's in a couple of weeks. And it really sounds like we're building on the energy of this first solar eclipse, which is coming up. I think it's interesting that it's in Capricorn for the lunar eclipse mm -hmm. because Capricorn, I mean, it's an earth sign. It's all about grounding. It's all about uh, focus. It's I think often right about stamina too. So it's the hardest working sign of the zodiac. For yeah. Sure. So it sounds like you you're you're taking everything that you've nurtured and renewed through the solar eclipse and keeping yourself on track despite what's going on in your life and grounding yourself in it and sort of staying true to yourself and who you are and what you want to be and what you want your dreams to be despite whatever else is going on. That's so, kind of what okay. I'm taking from it. Okay. Yeah. You're on the right track there. So I was going to say, you mentioned fear earlier, like don't approach astrology with fear. Okay. Fear is another big player in this too, mm -hmm. because Capricorn, um, although it's a very accomplishing sign, very ambitious sign, it's the sign of reality, mm -hmm. you know, that's mm -hmm. why it's able to turn things into reality. So it, it, whatever it wants to do, it's like, okay, how do I turn this into a thing? And then I get money for it. <laughs> it's not always just money, but they want, they want to see it. They want to feel it. They want, you know, like they something, want something tangible, tangible from exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We yeah. still have the same time. Oh my God. Look at us. Yeah. They don't like a bunch of, you know, whimsical ideas and not doing anything with no, them. No, they want right? to see proof. Right. So, but it is the sign of fear because it's the sign of reality. Mm. Right. And when we look at the reality of our lives, that's where sometimes fear can creep up. You know, we have these magical ideas in our heads and then when we don't see them in reality and we're like, oh, okay, I, you know, I'm just scared. This is going to be so much work putting it into, into the real world. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So that's what's going on here. So the moon is in Capricorn, right? And it's going to be aligned with the south node. And it's going to be making us feel emotionally kind of linked to this, this fear mm. that, you know, the reality and the structures that we have now, that you have now, the job you have, that maybe the relationship you're in, where you live, you're going to feel this emotional pull. Like I gotta, I gotta maybe hold on to this. And it depends on everybody, right? Cause you have your own birth chart to look at. We can dive yeah. into that. Um, but some of us are really going to feel this fear bubbling up. Like I have this structure in my life and I'm really going to fuck it up if I try to go for what I really want to nurture and what this cancer parts of, uh, part of me wants, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's also aligned with Pluto, which is why I was mentioning power, right? Power and authority kind of looming over you and us seeing globally even powers falling. And, it's, and Pluto is also about the deep psyche. So these fears that come out are a deep part of you. You might start having these thoughts that you've had since you were like five, like every time you were going to take a test, you're like, Oh no, I'm stupid. I can't do this. Whatever things that you'd like thoughts, like mm -hmm, dark thoughts mm -hmm. that you have in your head that you've had for years and years and years and years and haven't really worked with like practicing self-love. <gasps> Listen to uh, Sydney's last episode. If you need help with self-love, <laughs> that was really good. Thank you. <laughs> it's really good about that. So, um, but yeah, it's, so it's deep. It's really deep when Pluto is aligned with the moon. I mean, it is intense. It's really hard to separate yourself from your emotions. So that's why this mm. makes such a challenge. And I know because when I was born, the moon was aligned with Pluto. Yay. Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so like this is going to impact people differently. And obviously mm -hmm. we can't tell everybody who, how this is going to impact them. And so does it have a lot to do with if your sun rising moon is in these signs right now? Does it have a lot to do with where Pluto was in your chart where you were born? I mean, if someone were to pull up their natal chart right now, what should they be looking for just in terms of being able to gauge how this is going to all impact them? Okay. So I'll keep it simple. So first of all, if you pull up your chart and compare it with what's going on in the sky, which is, are called transits, by the way. So if you're on an astrology website, I use astro.com. I think it's so great. Mm -hmm. And you can save your chart and your friend's charts and everybody's charts and so fun because then you can go back to them. You don't have to keep re-looking things up. Um, but when you look at this, you want to see, okay, do I have any planets in Capricorn? Do I have any in Cancer? And honestly, those Cancers and Capricorns out there, they're, they're, they know that things are going down. I mean, I know a lot of Capricorns and Cancers and not one of them isn't having <laughs> some shit to go through right now. Yeah. Some of them really great, uh, and, but always challenging, whether it's good or bad, it's a challenge. 
I mean, their their lives are 100% changing. And that's because uh, these are events in the sky are happening in those signs. Right. Yeah. And so, and like I mentioned before, they're cardinal, right? So they're really good right. at getting things started. There are two other signs that are cardinal as well, and that's Aries and Libra. So those are, that that's the next tier that's being heavily affected by these eclipses. So if you have moon, a sun, or you're a rising, especially in either of those signs, Aries or Libra, you're probably having some big changes as well. Got it. Um, yeah. And so you want to look and see what house that this, uh, this solar eclipse is happening in and this lunar eclipse. And so Sydney, I have your chart. So let's look okay. for a second. Okay. So the solar eclipse that's on July 2nd is in Cancer, and it's specifically at 11 degrees Cancer. And FYI, everybody, you know, every sign is uh, has 30 degrees in it, right? Because there's 12 signs. It's a full circle. So it's 30 degrees in, for each sign. It's 360 degrees total. Okay? I was terrible at math, but there you go. Um, I had no idea that's why all of that was that way. So There you go, right? I'm like the mind-blown emoji right now. Anyway, <laughs> continue. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> yes. Okay, so... At 11 degrees cancer. So I'm looking at your chart and I'm going, okay, let me find 11 degrees cancer. Okay, here's 11 degrees cancer. So that's where I know the solar eclipse is happening. Now, this is big, girl. Because like I said, you're a rising cancer, right? right. So that means your first house uh, is ruled by cancer. So this is, this is big for you. This is big for you, faux show. And it might not be today. It might have been a week ago that you started really tapping into what's changing for you. Yeah. Because just FYI, guys, uh, Mercury and Mars had some time in Cancer already about a month ago. And that's when a lot of us started seeing windows into the, these big shifts. Because Eclipse Energy, it really, it go, it's going over this entire July and it started about a month ago. So mm-hmm. all these changes and crazy things going on, it kind of was like a two month journey, really. Yeah, to lead up to like the big event, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then the eclipse happens and that's when you have you know, you can really tap in, mm-hmm. but the changes are still coming for sure. Okay. And you can still make changes. You don't need to be like, if I don't change my life on the eclipse, it's over. I lost no, my No, but window. I like to look at it as a catalyst of sorts. Do you know what I mean? And, and, like yeah, nothing no, happens a in a vacuum mm-hmm. and it takes time and good anyway. idea. And so for you, it's in your first house and that's the house of identity, how you project yourself, how you carry yourself. It's your, your independence, your your root to who you are, you know, that's why I say it's identity. It's how you identify yourself. Mm -hmm. Like how, how, you know, what is your identity? How do you like to come off? How do you want to carry yourself? What do you want people to think about you when they sit down and talk with you or they see you when you walk into a room, you know? And so this is where you can really see a big change or you can really feel an imbalance. So Mm. let's say you're in a relationship a lot of the times when an eclipse happens in the first house, it shows you where your identity might be getting lost in, in a relationship that you're in. It can be romantic. It can be a business partnership. It can be, you know, a friendship, anything. But you you have this undeniable need to reestablish your identity or hmm. changes will happen in your identity to you. Or, you know, you could just be having some great new ideas. You know, let's say for this podcast, obviously you identify with your podcast. Yeah. It represents who you are. And maybe there's going to be some new, you might have all these amazing new ideas and go, wow, my podcast is kind of shifting a little bit. And I'm Mm -hmm. more interested in these topics I wasn't even thinking about because I really identify with these. So that's kind of an example of how it can, how it can affect you. That's so cool. Okay. Uh, Wow. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to marinate on this a little bit because I have been thinking a lot about how I show up in the world anyway. That's kind of a running theme for me over the last Mm -hmm six months to a year and things are changing constantly and I'm always getting new ideas and I'm always sort of not rebranding, but just sort of shifting um, the way I present myself, the way I present the show, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And that makes a lot of sense. So it's really, really interesting. Yeah. So identity is big, but it's cool. And it's not, doesn't mean like, you know, necessarily you've been not feeling at one with your identity or anything. I mean, you could just have a new breakthrough, like we were saying, Mm -hmm. like a whole other level, just go to another level with it. All right. That's cool. So that's where you want to look. And then for the uh, lunar eclipse on July 16th, that is in Capricorn and it's at 24 degrees Capricorn. Let's see for you. Where's 24? Oh, that's interesting. You have it right on the border of your seventh and eighth house. It's a little more in your seventh, but I would, I would look at both. 
Um, so the seventh house is, is opposite the first, which yeah, it makes, it makes sense as to why that's probably where it is. Um, but so the seventh house is about partnerships, diplomacy, balance, which is so funny because full moons are all about figuring out balance and you have it in the house of balance. <laughs> so balancing is going to be big <laughs> balance for you. Balance okay? is a theme. Okay. Balance is a theme yes. here, but th- that means that you really will feel you know, very emotional about any imbalances and any partnerships or commitments that you've made. You know, if you're working on a project and maybe you're pulling more of the weight or maybe you're pulling less of the weight and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh crap, I've been a shitty partner in this department. Um, you know, where are you willing to commit? There might be, I mean, there could even be a romance, you know, it's (laughs) all about, the way you just said that. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I can't help myself. It's, It's about partnership and it's about, it's, keeping the peace too. This is, this is the house of Libra. Every house is associated with a sign, which is associated with a planet. It's mm. one big magical pattern <laughs> to so learn. Cool. Um, but if you want to try understanding the seventh house, you can also think of Libra. If Libra is easy for you to understand. It's mm-hmm. the same idea. It's the same idea. So the theme is really going to be about balance. Balancing during that partnerships. Time. Okay. Yeah. And it's really cool because like I said, the solar eclipse is about new beginnings and moving forward in your life and nurturing what you want to nurture. It's very you, 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 right? Yeah. And you're having it in the house of you, you, you. <laughs> so for you, it's going to be really extra. It's going to be really excellent. Like a lot of exclamation points. <laughs> Lots of exclamation <laughs> points. End. Exactly. This yeah. is so fascinating. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. That is so cool. Yeah, and then this is it's all so being fun. wrapped together with Mercury in retrograde. And so. Right. Mercury does go into retrograde before the lunar eclipse. So that's another difference between the solar and the lunar is that Got it. it's going to be a time of mental reflection because, okay, so here's the thing. There's going to be all this great dream supporting energy, this chutzpah going on, you're ready to go. Yet at the same time, you can have some really deep, dark fears coming up that you need to learn how to, you know, kind of quiet or work with and figure out what you need to do to, to really work through these kinds of thoughts. And then you're going to have Mercury retrograding. And when Mercury retrogrades, it's Mercury is thoughts and communication, right? That's Mm -hmm. what it represents. When Mercury goes retrograde, it's asking you to look inward. It's asking you to shush, shush, shush a little bit. Don't talk as much. Start listening more, listening to yourself more, questioning how you in general have been communicating lately and maybe how you can shift your communications Mm -hmm. or even your thoughts to work in your favor. And so the fact that this eclipse is happening when Mercury's in retrograde and you might need to stand up for yourself during this time, and it's in Leo, so you're going to really kind of have this, it's like, oh my gosh, it's clashing. It's like, you might really want to stand up for yourself and you might, and it might be just a little too brash because when you do talk during a Mercury and retrograde, if you don't stop and think before it and you just kind of explode, you'll be most likely misunderstood. You'll most likely come off differently than you intended, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So this lunar eclipse is really big on reflecting. And if you don't need to make a big change. Now, if you feel like I need to finally quit this job or I need to finally break up with this person and you feel this urge to do it, friggin' do it. Cause we all know that it can take forever to do those kinds of things. Totally. So go for it. Even if maybe, okay, whatever, maybe you'll be a little misunderstood. If you want to go for it, go for it. Just know that you might come up a little more brash, uh, and it might not be taken so well, but sometimes mm-hmm. things are not good. There's no good way to say certain things. So, so true. And you know, what's <laughs> interesting about Mercury retrograde is I think in general, it's become something that a lot of us fear and are freaked out about. And you know, it ties to communication, it ties into with technology. And they always say like, you know, double check that email was sent, double check you meant to send that email, double check Mm -hmm. your communication with others. You know, often they say, you know, don't sign any big contracts unless you absolutely have to. But what I like to think about with Mercury Retrograde is what you've shared, which is it's a time for reflection. It's a time for going within. It's a time to reassess and reevaluate and I think it's much bigger than what people make it out to be as this like kind of fear 
space. Yeah, and it's really it's really a beautiful, beautiful time. Now, of course, if you have to sign documents, you have to do any of this stuff. Life can't stop because Mercury's in retrograde. That's the thing. Like, we so can't silly. stop living our lives too because three, of the, these events that happen. Yeah. You know, so it's about it learning three to like times a year, dude. Oh like, my god! <laughs> and there's also a shadow period before and mm-hmm. after too, where the energy is beginning to shift You're and right. change. I told you I knew a little something. You something. know, you, yeah, so you got it. it's about you know working with the energy and not fearing it right exactly we've like I feel like that's all I'm a broken record in this recording but it's all about working with it knowing how to use it to your advantage and not being afraid of it yeah look at mercury in retrograde as an opportunity to shift your mind Mm -hmm. like like mercury's supporting you and helping you and it's tapping into your brain and it's slowing your it's literally slowing down communications Mm -hmm. and creating roadblocks in your favor because it wants you to stop and think and reassess yeah with all retrogrades, it's re- rethink, reflect, you know, re-everything, whatever that planet rules, whenever, you know, whatever planet's in retrograde. Yeah. Everyone always only talks about Mercury in retrograde, but maybe we'll do it. But another- aren't there like five yeah. planets going to be in retrograde total or something wild in the next month? Yes, but those are all those slow, distant moving uh, planets like Uranus, Neptune, Jupiter, Pluto, Saturn. And they retrograde for almost half the year. So Oh, so it's like a normal best- event. <laughs> yeah, it's a normal <laughs> event. That's why it's so funny when I read astrology and I go, like, oh my God, can you believe they are in retrograde? And it's like, yeah, because it happens I get, all the time. It's a thing that happens. Okay, we'll have yeah. to do another conversation. Yeah, we might. It talks like all about that. So we've got these two eclipses. We've got Mercury retrograde. We are in Cancer season. We're going to be approaching Leo season by the end of July, beginning of August. When do all of these events sort of settle down? I know what you're saying. Do you know what I'm saying? Like at what point do things sort of calm down a little bit (laughs) with this summer season? So this is the thing. So so June was when we started getting introduced to the eclipse energy and we started really feeling a lot of feels. There's so much going on for various other reasons. Now we have the eclipses. These are really intense, even though that beautiful solar eclipse is very positive. You know, then we have this lunar eclipse that's really intense. Yeah. And then it's kind of not getting necessarily way calmer because now we're dealing with the aftermath of everything we've learned during July, right? Mm-hmm. But what is great is that there's, you know, Jupiter is going to go direct in Sagittarius and that's all about expansion and confidence and going for it and kind of taking off any rose colored glasses, but being really excited about life. Yeah. And it's Leo season, which is all about fun and leisure, having a good time, lots of laughs, entertaining, getting into your creative side. Mm -hmm. And Mercury is going to go direct on uh, August 11th in Leo. So after that first week of August, you know, those miscommunication things kind of slow down. You have a new way of thinking. You can communicate more effectively. Venus, planet of love, is going to be in Leo too. So, you know, mm. if you're single, you might have some more fun dating and looking at it in a lighthearted, fun kind of – you're down for romance but you're down for romance with multiple people possibly (laughs) because it's all about having fun. It's not about really getting to it. Now, of course, everybody's chart compares differently, but that's the general idea. And then by, I think it's like mid August, Mars goes into Virgo, which is helps you spend time figuring out like your details of your new routine. It's a very healing position, like where you're where it's easy to put energy into working on healing and your health Mm -hmm. and your new routine. And I think that works so perfectly because we're really supposed to be shifting our lives during July. And when this, when we're trying to uh, deal with everything we've learned, it's great to have this like Leo fun energy. And at the same time, then Virgo comes in and is like, Hey, I'm going to also give you energy to get your routine in line. And it's going to be new because you just had these eclipses. They probably shifted you a bit. Wow. So it's, it's really nice. I mean, I'm, I'm down with it. So we kind of <laughs> got to go through the shakeup a little bit to get to the fun stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, not that the shakeup can't be fun, but it's a different type of energy. This is going to be a cool summer. There's a lot. It's, It'll be yeah. so interesting to see how it impacts and affects not only people, but systems and institutions and things are moving, yeah. shaken, and probably for the best. But often we have to go through the fire a little bit to get to the other side. Yeah. And thank you so much for doing this with me. This was so fun having you on the podcast, Lauren. No I've got to close this out though by asking you the question that I ask everybody that comes on Seek the Joy podcast. What is your biggest dream? All right. Well, surprise, surprise. We we did go over my uh, my chart, right? Mm-hmm. So 
being a Leo, being a rising Sagittarius in combination, and then this Scorpio moon, I'm not surprised what my big dream is at all. Um, but I really, really, really would love to grow as an astrologer and I would want to teach it around the world. I'd love to attend conferences and just be able to explain any aspect of astrology, whatever, you know, specific part I end up specializing in eventually. I would, as I think it's so cool, we live in this time when spirituality is Mm -hmm. kind of on the uprise and people are becoming a little more open to it. I was like, hey, if there's a TV show, I was like, let's get a TV show going. I would love to talk about astrology everywhere. And really, you know, I really picture myself as, as I keep meeting other people that are into all kinds of different spiritual practices and, you know, mindfulness and just anything from yoga to Reiki to just breath work to, I mean, all of it is so fascinating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would love to eventually create my own spiritual retreat. That would be awesome. I would, I really, really want to do that. I actually have a friend who I constantly talk to about this. It's a dream we share together. And so that that I would really like to do. That's amazing. And I really am a big believer of that. You have to speak your dreams and share them and, that really helps to bring them into existence. So I'm excited Mm -hmm. because I feel like you're just getting started and I'm so happy we've connected. And I can't wait to see where you go with this. Where can everybody find you, learn more, stay connected? So I'm in the middle of creating my website. So I'm really excited about that. It'll mostly be a a blog about all kinds of different astrology stuff. But for now, I'm basically on Instagram. It's at (laughs) astrobetch, A-S-T-R-O. B-E-T-C-H. And um, I'm there explaining what's going on in the sky constantly, but not too much because like I said, I really think it's it's a little unhealthy to constantly be tapping into what's going on. Live your life. Live, <laughs> live your, your life. life, but live your life with a little help and a little with guidance. A little bit, with a little yes. bit. Uh, I, try, I keep things really simple. I have some fun with it. So if you want um, an astrologer to follow so you can keep up with what's going on, that can really help. And you can always DM me if you need any help looking at your own chart or just any questions you may have. Or if you want a reading, I've definitely done plenty of readings. Um, so birth chart readings, Sinistry, which is about comparing two charts. Very often people will ask me to look at them and their boyfriend. Mm. And that'll be pretty, that's pretty fun to do. Wow. Like look at, you know, what's going on in the sky compared to your chart, all kinds of stuff. Amazing. Thank you, Lauren. This was awesome. I, I'm excited for eclipse season. This episode's going to drop literally the day of the solar eclipse in cancer so everyone that's tuned in join the conversation on our social media pages we are at seek the joy podcast everywhere let us know what you thought about this one uh where is your star sign and rising sign and moon sign and what are you feeling with these eclipses so i'm excited to keep the conversation going oh yeah